I think that the more people know that that document is in place to limit the authority of government, and when we start seeing it as that document, the document that limits government, more than the document that provides rights, we start to use it as the document that limits government officials' actions. Hey guys, welcome back to the Always Forward podcast. Uh, this is it's an interesting one because after two and a half years, um, the case between myself and the town of Holly Ridge is kind of is finally put to bed. Um, definitely not the outcome that I wanted, um, but I have my lawyer, who is uh, is a lawyer that works with us on the business side uh, for all of our businesses that we keep on retainer. Anthony Davis, who's also a fellow Marine, um, former infantry Marine as well. Uh, and Argus Legal Group. So, uh, Anthony, thanks for you. Kind of were uh, adjacent to this journey. You weren't the counsel for the case, but you were adjacent to this journey the entire time and kind of helped me navigate some of the legal processes as we move forward, didn't you? Yes, sir. And uh, you wanted, to <laughs> you definitely wanted to be more involved in, if, from the get go, didn't you? When it first happened. Yes, I did. I was a little disappointed in the direction they took it, but you can't really Monday morning quarterback other people's decisions. They were on the ground and I was kind of in the stand. So yeah. it's difficult to do that. But so, I think that um, I think they should have attempted a 1983 um, lawsuit instead of a Fourth Amendment unreasonable search and seizure lawsuit. I think that you would have had better footing and a better opportunity to get the outcome that you guys needed and wanted. And I feel as though a lot of the people that supported you during this would have ultimately um, appreciated more than the outcome that we ultimately received. Yeah, and and the so just to give everybody some background, and and you know obviously the, they shut you know North Carolina shut gyms down. Uh, you know we did what everybody did, um, or what the majority of people did. I, I didn't we didn't know what was going on, so I sh I did close for two weeks. They said two weeks, right? And it, was, it was the big thing. It's now it's now it's a joke. Um, so I, I closed down for two weeks and then after about two weeks, uh, governor Cooper came out and he gave his statement and then did not include, uh, training facilities. And then in about three weeks, I had people at the gym going, man, I need to get back in the gym. Like I'm losing my mind, et cetera. Like this is my, this is my therapy. So I went to, uh, I went to. Um, the CDC's website, and they had this whole, like, protocol, as well as Bedros from Fit Body Boot Camp, had this whole protocol for reopening gyms, how to, like, process things, taking temperatures, keeping certain, you know, keeping the numbers down, you know, per square foot. So we just implemented that. With lack of direction, I just, I used the direction that, that CDC and some other very large franchises was using, and I just, we implemented those 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 uh rules and uh we got you know fast forward you guys know the video if you haven't watched it's out there it's it's a video of essentially it wasn't the initial raid it was it was the aftermath of that we have video of but essentially they came in um came in cops you know the holly ridge police department came in hot um yelled at everybody uh, you know, kicked everybody out of the gym, banging on doors. Actually, just just a complete embarrassment to the community and to, to law enforcement in general uh, based off a of mandate. And this was, you know, I want to say the end of March, beginning of April. And um, so we, you know, I, I kind of pushed back a little bit and uh, 
And anyways, they, they, they cited me with a, a misdemeanor, which they then withdrew. The chief came and visited me. Um, and he's like, well, it's supposed to be a three-strike rule. So I reopened. And uh, I was in there actually. Anthony, I don't know if I told you this. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I did. It's been quite some time. I was actually in there training with law enforcement officers and special operations guys doing jiu-jitsu one morning in the gym. And they knocked on the door. And, you know, as you guys know, we have access control to the gym. It was, it, it was locked up. It was access control to the gym. So you can't just walk into the gym. Um, the time they raided it, we were following the guidelines that they said, like, try to keep doors open, keep things ventilated, you know, so that you're not closed off air, that sort of thing, which is whatever, ridiculous. But so we did that. And that's the reason they were able to gain interest the first time. So the, so the, so the law enforcement officer knocked on the door and he's like, hey, you're not allowed to be in here. You're not allowed, you know, it was closed. You know, the door was closed and we had probably about six, seven people in there rolling. Um, who were all special operations or law enforcement and uh, or former military. And um, and I said, okay, whatever. I basically shrugged them off. Well, I don't know if it was that day or later. They came back with essentially a non-authorized key card and gained access to the gym. And, and him, a detective, and uh, the town manager was there. Why the town manager was there, I have no idea. It's a... I mean, I don't know, but what's it called, Anthony? Like, basically, this was a civil issue. So, like, why she's involved, why they're really involved at all is, is, is beyond me. Um, am I saying that correctly? Uh, yes, for the most part, yes. Their, their presence was absolutely not required. It was, it was definitely overkill, um, which I don't want to assume, but one would think that that could be politically motivated or whatnot. Right. Right, and I, th- and I think there was a, there was a, definitely a, a a push for power in the town of twenty five hundred people. By the way, <laughs> we're not in a big town. This is a small little rural area. Anyways, so they came in with a key card. They 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 somehow got, um, I guess nine years ago from the previous owner, and then they found and they utilized to gain access to the gym. Came into the gym without a warrant. Um, and basically, and I wasn't there. We have it all on security. It's in the video. Um, and they kicked everybody out. They kicked everybody out and then shut us down again. Uh, and then I, you know, I reopened again. Uh, oh, and then I found out that they had fired the, they had fired the chief of police. Uh, I, again, I reopened, I reopened the gym again. At that point, they started targeting the gym members. They knew that they weren't going to get to me. My wife was in a third trimester. It's all a very stressful situation. Um, time for us and you know they were talking about arresting me and anyways uh, but they started taking photos Anthony of the gym members license plates and uh, really going after them saying that they were going to they were basically threatening the law enforcement officers in Holly Ridge were threatening the members of the gym and that's where I kind of broke that's where it broke me because like you can mess with me but like you're talking about law law-abiding, tax-paying citizens of this town getting harassed by local law enforcement for going to be healthy. Which now we found out that you know being healthy is one of the you know best things you could do. Is all they've all come out. It's all everything's been bullshit since then. But nonetheless, you know we we attempted to uh, hold them accountable for their actions. Now, 
can you break down? And they constantly try to dismiss the case, saying that we didn't have any, that we didn't have a leg to stand on. Um, obviously, we did, but nonetheless, um, the the legal counsel that we hired, uh, it was one lawyer specifically, he was a former Marine, and he uh, he really was taking the case by you know essentially by the balls. Where I think that it really went south was he left that firm and the partner took over, which the partner was pretty much not interested in the case at all whatsoever. He didn't really care. Um, and the agreement was like, hey, listen, he's a partner. He's got more experience. So I suggest we stay with the, the you know, stay with this firm and let the partner, partner handle the case. And he really mismanaged the case, in my opinion. And, and I, I think that's the opinion of Anthony. But nonetheless... What were the actual charges, and what we sh- what did they do, and what should they have done, Anthony? So the case was brought against uh, unreasonable search and seizure under the Fourth Amendment, and the state's position was that because they could see into the gym and see that an ordinance and regulation were being violated, that they had right to enter into the premises, and that they didn't break into the gym because they had a key card and access to the gym, so they didn't violate any state or federal law. In North Carolina, under the federal rules of of civil procedure, you have Rule 68. And Rule 68 states that if a defendant makes an offer, a monetary value offer, to settle a case, and and that offer is denied by the plaintiff, and the case then proceeds into court, and the monetary value of the offer is not... Um, is not better than if it doesn't increase the value. So, excuse me, let me reword that. If the offer is not accepted and you go to court and you do not get at least the value of the offer, then all attorney's fees associated with the furtherance of the case then can be transferred to the plaintiff, which could ultimately cost the plaintiff tens of thousands of dollars in the defense of not, in, in the justification of preventing frivolous lawsuits from being brought in federal court. The issue that I had with with this logic and the reason that we we were almost signed this agreement and the settlement agreement was rule 68 does not apply, only applies to monetary settlements. Inside of the counteroffer, which is what I would consider their offer as a counteroffer because they didn't accept our terms, they had a condition precedent that Nick was not allowed to discuss the case in any capacity with anyone ever. Um, And then when we explained to them, and this is the moment I got involved, that money was raised for the purpose of bringing suit and hit the people that donated money wanted an explanation. And to not give them one is a disservice and could ultimately put a stain on Nick's reputation and a stain that is just not merited or warranted in any capacity. So it was my opinion that we that Rule 68 would not apply and that we should just dismiss the case because if we didn't dismiss the case and we didn't get the money, then Nick could be on the hook for thousands more. And this is where me and the other attorney disagreed. I said because the condition precedent was what we didn't accept. It wasn't the $100 and one cent that we were refusing. It was the gag order. And Rule 68 only applies to monetary value. It does not apply to other things. The condition precedent that we disagreed with was not the money. It was the gag order. Right. And because it was the gag order that we were not signing the agreement, they would not be able to come after us for any additional funding. 
And it was in that purpose that we decided not to sign the, the settlement agreement because in doing so, we subjected ourselves to this gag order and we would only get $100 in return. And the $100, in my opinion, was a slap in the face to everybody that was involved in in, in the process I mean, and the struggle. Essentially, of I, lost, I lost the business over this. I mean, I closed the business over this situation, um, which benefited me you know, a long time. Yeah, it's just but. It was totally unfortunate. The whole the whole way that the pandemic handled certain things is so outrageous and without precedent in America. We were closing down small businesses while allowing larger businesses to stay open and unaffected. They were closing down mom and pop shops, but Targets and Walmarts and Home Depots. They were closing down, you know, the, the middle America while the upper echelon were unaffected. And that was part of the reason why I, I was wanted to be involved. I wish I had a North Carolina law license because I would have been involved. Yeah. Um, but but sad, sadly enough, this uh, this did not ha- end the way that we wanted it to. But the reason why we agreed not to settle the case was ultimately to protect um, any type of, of backlash from being able to discuss the lowball offer that we received, um, the constant battle back and forth with, with motions to dismiss and frivolous motions to just delay and extend, you know, our ultimate day in court. And it was, it was not an easy decision. Uh, I know Nick had called a few times and we went back and forth about, you know, the risk versus the rewards. And ultimately did I think that we were going to win? And to be honest, I didn't think the fourth amendment was the best way to bring this case. As I mentioned earlier, 42 U S code 1983 is a, is a federal code that authorizes individuals um, to bring suit against a state actor if operating under the color of law or any state uh, or, or regulation or ordinance or statute of the state that directly violates a federally protected law, which there were multiple violations of federal law in this instance. You can't just come into a business, harass individuals, take photographs of individuals' automobiles, issue citations and close down an establishment um, after multiple different back and forth with the local establishment of previous uh, administrators and police uh, offices in positions of, of authority that have told you if you do A, B, and C, then you can continue to operate. And then you do A, B, and C, and then they move the goalposts. Right. And then you try to fall in line with those goalposts, and then they come after you again and say, nope, you know, we're going we're gonna to close you down again. And it was just constant harassment. And I do believe uh, 1983 would have... Even if it didn't win, it would it would have made its way into federal court, and it would have got a lot more attention than it did ultimately. And, and that the was point of this, unfortunate, but and the point of all of this was just to hold them accountable for the, their their unconstitutional orders, what they were trying to do, the way they were treating this. I mean, it, it just turned it like overnight turned into like this whole Gestapo regime, you know, across the country, and. Uh-huh. Yeah, they refused, they refused to apologize. There was a lot of things in that agreement that were just not not okay. We requested just a formal apology to Nick and the members of the gym, and they, they were like, absolutely not. No one did anything wrong. We asked for them, even if they wouldn't admit guilt, um, to, to not claim that they were, you know, completely innocent of, of all wrongdoing. We even went so far to say that we just don't want you to say that you're innocent. Um, just you don't even have to say you're guilty. And they wouldn't even they wouldn't even budge yeah. there. There were so many different little issues that, that I had personally, professionally and as a former veteran that, you know, you can't just have individuals 
do whatever they think they want to do at the expense of small businesses and individuals. And you can't just take away liberties, you know, unjustly and, and unlawfully without due process. And due process was violated. The, uh, there were so many violations, and it just makes me extremely upset um, that, that they, they got away with it. So I'm glad that Nick has the opportunity to discuss the case. And I think that was ultimately the win that we have out of this is we didn't get the settlement, but we didn't have to be contained by the gag order. Yeah. And, and I'm just, I, 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 I yeah, absolutely refuse. I refuse because what this is, this, this thing will continue to happen if you give them this, you know, and, and sure they got away with it and they didn't want to admit, they didn't want to admit. And then they called, they called us a liar on, on the news. And if you remember that they said that we did give them a key, key card and that the, that the uh, district district attorney approved it, which is all, was all BS. And they went on TV and said that that we gave, and I was like, no, absolutely not. We did not give you, it wasn't authorized. It was not transferable to new ownership. You had no legal, you had no legal stance with that um, whatsoever. Uh, it was complete harassment. And there's backstories. I mean, they've, they've, they've been harassing, you know, us for, for years. And it's, it's a shame because it's a small community, but it's all power hungry people. And, and, uh, and that just goes to show you how much um, tyranny, how fast tyranny can happen, even in rural, you know, rural America, um, when people want power. And, and if you look at the country as a whole and what they did, like you said, I mean, it's just a shame. But one thing I want to bring up, Anthony, is the fact that the, my counsel, my paid counsel, uh, agreed to a settlement with the federal judge before I had signed papers and before I agreed. He basically agreed to the gag order and told her that, that I agreed. So I, mis I, I misspoke when I said gag order, Nick. I just want to correct that. Okay. I said gag order first. It's a non-disclosure, non-disparagement uh, yeah. condition inside the circuit. It's the same thing, but as an attorney, I want to use the proper language. So I don't, you, I don't. You say that I'll like say, I'll say gag order because they didn't want me to talk about this and they didn't want, they didn't want the public to know how full of shit they are and how, and how power hungry they are. Um, in this area, and it really is a tra it really is a tragedy because we have businesses and we have good people in this in this community, but um, but we have some really shitty people leading the community. But nonetheless, yeah. When I began uh, the correspondence with the attorney, he had sent me the already uh, agreed upon settlement agreement, and when when you had sent it to me for review before I reached out to him, I was horrified that they agreed to that order. Um, it was very one sided. It was it was extremely. Uh, written with extreme prejudice in their favor. Um, like I said, I, I don't think I've redlined an agreement more in, in my life than I did that, that settlement agreement. That it was almost like I wanted to rip it up and, and draft an entire new one. Um, everything in it was one-sided. There was no benefit to you signing that agreement whatsoever unless you really needed the $100. That was the only positive <laughs> that you were getting. What's a hundred dollars? I mean, that's it was a slap in the face. I, and Anthony, I wouldn't care if it was fifty thousand dollars. Like the point that, that, that even when it doesn't matter because even when he go ahead. Sorry, good. No, I apologize. Good. I just I you know if it was fifty thousand dollars, the point is that 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 this thing cannot continue to happen in America, and I and I hope that this sets a precedent in our country. To allow to know people that they cannot get away with this, even though they did get away with it, that Americans, this time if they try that shit again, would be like no. And and the real and the reality is, even if they give me a misdemeanor, if they charge me, they arrested me, Anthony. 
would I have been prosecuted in court? If I went to jail for doing this, would I have been prosecuted? Would they, would there, because I kept asking the guy, he's like, well, they're breaking the law, you're breaking the law. And I said, okay, sir, what is the statute that they're breaking? Well, it's the rules, it's the law, like, like some Judge Dredd character. Like, would I have actually been charged if I gone to court? So that's a, that's a tricky one because I don't do North Carolina state law. So I got to be careful answering that. But in my opinion, no. And looking at all the news uh, across the country with individuals that were receiving citations and misdemeanors for violating unlawful orders, most of those individuals were not ultimately charged. Most of the cases were dismissed. A lot of the individuals that were given citations and arrested for being on the beaches when they had uh, orders to stay at home, none of those individuals ultimately were charged. None of them right. ultimately, almost all of them were ultimately never put in prison or jail. Um, we've realized and learned a lot from the overzealousness of government during this time, those times, uh, a lot of people were acting and operating on the on the premise of fear instead of logic. Mm. Uh, people were given the, these authorities that they've never had before because in their minds, and the, their interpretations of these executive orders, it was like military law on the street, and that's not even close to what it was intended for. Right. There was no point where these these liberties should have been stripping away from people and the wheels of justice move, but they move slow. And if you can remember back throughout the entire nation, as soon as most of these issues reached an article three judge, they were dismissed or found unlawful. And a lot of times you had state offices that retracted a lot of the, um, uh, executive orders just before a big case was going before a federal judge because the numbers were down. And then as soon as the case was dismissed for lack of standing, because it no longer had standing, because it was no longer an issue, then they increased the regulation or the executive order again. And then the whole process to go into court had to start over. It was, it was a terrible, terrible process. Um, and it, it really is and will always, in my opinion, be seen as a stain on America. And I was proud to stand next to you and talk to you about this because you didn't give up. You kept a good fight going. And I, like I said, I, I don't want to keep harshing as a Monday morning quarterback, but um, yeah, I, 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 I think that a few mistakes were made and I think that looking back, it's easy to find them. And when yeah. you're in the middle of, of the situation, it's sometimes you get tunnel vision. So I, I don't blame anyone. I just think that, you know, a lot more communication should have happened and, and different opinions should have been considered. Uh, and, and not one person shouldn't have just kind of took over uh, an issue that they weren't, you know, thoroughly familiar with. And, and really make the decision for me almost is what it felt like after reading that thing. I, I felt like it was, and, and I did read it and I go, man, this doesn't sound right to me. I mean, I'm no lawyer, but that's the reason why I sent it to you. I was like, I don't feel comfortable signing this. And, and then you called me immediately once you got it and was like, do not under any circumstances sign that. And uh, yeah, they were put. He was putting a lot of pressure on you too. Yeah, I mean, he, he emailed me multiple times saying, "I need this signed by the end of the day," and I I said, "Absolutely not." And my advice right now is not to sign the agreement under under any condition until I redline it and send it back. And I redlined it. I sent it back, and they pretty much didn't accept any of the redline changes. And then they sent it back again. It would you know paragraphs slightly moved, and it's like I'm not going to catch this. Uh, I want to try and see if I can, I can find what they agreed that you could talk about. I don't think it was anything. It was like I, I, I don't even think it was like the hundred one dollars that they were trying to throw at me, to to 
I don't think it was anything. It was ridiculous. But there was no way in hell I was not going to be able to not talk about this. I mean, it was a, it, this is a complete tragedy. Like you said, it really is a stain on America. And, and, it's, and it's super unfortunate that the outcome after two and a half years or however long it's been, we came to this. But it just came to a point to where, one, uh, you know, the non-disclosure, not being able to discuss the case, like I was just 100% not okay with that. Like there's no way in, in shape or form with my platform and the things in my ethics and values and morals – there's just absolutely no way that I wasn't going to be able to, to discuss this because it, it, it was a tragedy. It wasn't just a tragedy for me. It was a tragedy for a lot of my friends, and it was a tragedy for small business owners across America. And it should be, in my opinion, a freaking big stamp on history that we learn from and we never allow again. We never allow again. It was, it was, it was horrible. And uh, it just makes me sick to know that, that there are people that uh, – and there, you know what? And, and I'll say this. There are some good people out there, you know, like my good friend Greg Anderson, who said, who said, no, 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 this is this is not okay. And he took a stance. And unfortunately, he lost his career over it. But, you know, he's, now he's got a different life. Um, but nonetheless, I think it woke up a lot of Americans. I think a lot of the real Americans yes, out there, I think it woke up. And it woke me up, I'll tell you what, because I was just living the fat life, man. I was running my businesses. We were, you know, doing our thing. And uh, I was, you know, nobody even knew my political connections. Nobody knew anything, you know, my opinions on things. Because, you know, my time in the military, you know, once we're done with the military, we kind of just want to stay away from all that. We just want to enjoy our life. And uh, as they say, I was kind of living, you know, fat on the hog. And, and it really did wake me up to some of these creeping issues that, that we've been, you know, losing some of our freedoms, you know. And they've been, having, they've been creeping into our lives slowly over decade after decade. Uh, and now I'm like, oh, no more, because it's not the kind of country that I want my kids growing up in. So, Nick, I, I, I was able to pull that up out of uh, the settlement agreement when I when I spoke to them that, you know, you raised some money to, to help, to, you know, bring the suit against the town. And even if we uh, signed the agreement that we would need the right to discuss, you know, a certain portion of the agreement right. because people would want to know where they went, the town's response in question to the lawsuit of the town of Holly Ridge, I am happy to report that the matter has been resolved and I am satisfied with the resolution. That was the quote that you were limited to discussing on the settlement. So that is as far as they were willing to let you speak publicly about the settlement agreement. I just want to repeat that. In response to the questions regarding the lawsuit with the town of Holly Ridge, I am happy to report that the matter is resolved and I am satisfied with its resolution, end quote. So that is the extent of what you could have said if we assigned that agreement. Fuck and that. Uh, I'm very happy that we did not. Yeah, fuck that. Because that is not We are not satisfied. And although the matter is resolved, not happy or satisfied. Not happy or satisfied. Especially while the mayor, the mayor was running and operating his business the entire time while he was the mayor of the town wasn't paying his employees. They were showing up to work. He continued to do it. Now he has his little business over here, and he's still he's still running his little you know his, his dumb shit. Um, but he he just skipped the whole rule. But then I when I called him, I think I told you about that. I called him. I said, Hey, listen, sir, I just want to understand where you stand on this, where you stand on the on the on the issue, where you stand on our constitution. And he goes, well, the rules are the rules, Nick. And I got to follow, you know, as the mayor, I got to follow the rules. And the governor's got, okay, roger that. Got that. But it's kind of the whole thing. Even at the highest level of government and the lowest level is like rules for thee, but not for me. So he wanted to hold me accountable, but he kept running his whole business. And there's, there's like 
people have done screenshots of businesses of his posts and things. And well, I think one of his employees had issues with getting, um, getting some sort of compensation because he, he kept them employed the whole time. So just a huge hypocritical thing, man. And, and it really is, it really was gross. And if, if it happened at this level of a small community, I can't imagine what was happening on larger, you know, areas that like, like you're in, um, and bigger metropolitan cities. So anyways, um, so unfortunately, the- yeah, no, it, it, really, it really, it really was, it really was unfortunate to see. I've seen a lot of great restaurants and, 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 you know, alcohol establishments, you know, that have been there for 30, 40 years closed down while, you know, the larger counterparts, the Olive Gardens and the corporate chain companies, fine. they they got millions and millions in money and they're fine. It's like nothing ever happened. But all these local establishments, the ones that donate money to the local, you know, little leagues and, the, you know, the girls dancing classes and whatnot. The community. The, ones that girls called, the actual community. Yeah, the community. Yeah. As, as an American, a veteran, and just, just a person in general, looking back and, and seeing the, the harm that so many of these policies caused the little guy and the middle guy and didn't even affect the big guy. And even the programs that they wrote after and the PPP and the economic grants, you know, they, they did. They helped a little bit in the middle. But most of these huge companies have teams of attorneys that are drafting the proposals and grants, and they're getting millions and millions of dollars, like, millions and millions of dollars while you know the little pizza shop in the corner is getting a check for you know fifty thousand and they just lost two hundred and eighty to eight hundred thousand in revenue. It's not even a they can't even pay their people to pay so they can pay a rent. Right. Yeah, exactly. And and a lot of the deferred payments and rents, a lot of the big companies negotiated because they have hundreds of properties across the country when, you know, Joe Schmo down the corner that rents the, from the you know another general. He can't pay his rent, but the guy he's renting from also can't pay his mortgage. Right. He needs his money. Everyone needs their money, but it's the big companies to get all the money, and it's the little guys. You know, even the guy that owns the property, he still has a mortgage. He need, he deserves to be paid. The pizza guy deserves to break. He you know he should pay, but he doesn't have money because the government forced him closed. So it's this trickle effect where we only hurt the middle and we only hurt the little. We didn't hurt the lodge. And I think that's the bigger picture. And I think that's the issue that if this ever happens again, we have to be cognizant of and do better. Yeah. And I think that the way the reason why, and I don't think I mentioned this at the beginning, the reason why I think they kept trying to dismiss and draw it out. Obviously they have, you know, somewhat unlimited funds, right? They, they can just kind of drag these kind of cases out forever. And uh, obviously I don't, you know, I've got to, I've got to, I have to stop the bleeding at some point. And I feel like that's what they were doing you know, initially with trying to withdraw and, and then, you know, trying to dismiss, constantly trying to dismiss is they were just draining. They were just trying to drain our funds and wear us out. And eventually they pretty much did. I mean, that was pretty much it. it you know, it came to a point where it was like, okay, well, I either got to dismiss, let, let them off the hook. Or like you said, I can say I was happy with the, the outcome period uh, and take my hundred dollars and walk. And that just was never going to happen. Um, I will say, is there anything that you, you want to say else? With, with this otherwise we'll put this to bed and we'll, we'll move on with America no no I, I think uh, I think we did a good job explaining you know the reasons why the decisions were made not to settle and I, I think that at the end of the day if this ever happens again um, we need to use more in our arsenal and not just kind of utilize the, the, the very clear violations of law, i.e. the Fourth Amendment, but start looking at, you know, the lesser known statutes and areas of government um, 
protections on government officials because the Constitution is a, is a document that guarantees citizens protections from the government. The Constitution doesn't protect you against other individuals. It protects you against the government mostly. It allows the government to be restrained. It is a restraint on government. It, is, it isn't really uh, what most people believe it is. It, it is to tell the government what they can and cannot do. And there's rules around that that limit them. And I think that the more people know that that document is in place to limit the authority of government, and when we start seeing it as that document, the document that limits government more than the document that provides rights, we start to use it as the document that limits government officials' actions. Um, and I think that that moving forward, people need to use that and, and bring suits and, and sue government officials to attempt to undermine their liberties. And if they aren't sure if they have a, a violated liberty or if a government app to overstep their authority, I think it's very smart for them to go on the computer. There's hundreds of websites that can you know, give you a basis or an idea of whether or not your rights are being infringed. And if you think that they might be, it's worth it to set up a consultation. Most law firms offer free half hour, one hour legal consultations. Give them a call. Call your local attorney. Go down to the courthouse. Ask the, you know, the court attorney of the day if they have a business card. Those individuals are donating their time down there, so they're more than happy to donate a little bit of time to see the community as a whole, you know, be protected from, you know, the tyrannies of injustice. And I think that people need to remember this moving forward and not just sit back down on their couch and say, okay, I'll stay in the house. Okay, I'll give up my right to go outside. Okay, I won't cross state lines. Okay, I won't go to the beach. Okay, I want to protect my grandma and my neighbor. It isn't about protecting your grandma or neighbor. It isn't about not being able to go to the beach. It's about these individuals do not have the legal authority to tell you to stay in, in your house. They do not have the legal authority to tell you your business can't open. They don't have the legal authority to tell you you can't go fishing down at the beach. They don't have these authorities. We are America. We live and breathe freedom. We are the last vestibule on earth that has the ability to be protected by a document of over 225 years that exists for the sole purpose of protecting liberties and limiting government authority and over overreach. And until people start using that document to protect themselves, their businesses, their neighbors, their families, the document is becoming weaker and weaker and we cannot allow that to happen. And brave, awesome men like yourself take advantage of that document, use that document to fight against the overreach of government. And we need more people to do that. And although we didn't get the outcome that we wanted in this situation, we raised awareness. And even if three people watch this podcast and decide if it happens again, they're going to contact a lawyer, that's three more. And that maybe that turns into nine in the next time. And maybe that turns into 18 after that. Right. And hopefully if it continues to happen, then we now have hundreds and thousands of people that are going to say, no, not today. You did it to me once and never again. That's me. It ain't going to ever happen again, Anthony. Like there's no way, like there's no. absolutely no way that I'll ever no. allow that to happen again. Absolutely not. Well, guys, I uh, thank you for following along. I thank you for guys for the support. I, I think that it did wake up a lot, of, a lot of us up. I will say that the remainder of the funds were donated to, and you can go search them out. Please please look them up. It was the Apogee Strong Foundation. Matt Bardu has been on here. Uh, it was a program that Tim Kennedy and, and Matt Bardu started for young men. 
if we really want to change this nation, if we really want to, we have to invest in the next, the next level of leaders, the, the youth in this, in this country. And that program is doing just that. It's a 12 month program for youth. It's not a plug for them. I'm just telling you that, that me and my wife discussed this and we said, this is where the money needs to go. Not only that, we will be also donating them to them monthly as well. And I challenge all of you guys to do it because if we're not, if we do not invest in the young men and women in this country, the youth of this country, we are going to have a bigger problem. And, um, and so they are the next, they are the next generation of leaders and we have to prepare them for the fight ahead. And, uh, and Matt Bardu, Tim Kennedy and the Apogee strong part, uh, program is doing just that. So, uh, challenge you go check that out. And that's where, that's where my money is going to be donated. All right, Anthony, I appreciate your time. Uh, thank you. Okay. All right, guys. Hey guys, share this comment on this. If you drop your comment below, uh, I'm sure there'd be a lot of armchair armchair quarterbacks in this video or podcast, and that's okay. Uh, the first amendment is still a thing. So you guys get that. Um, but nonetheless, I appreciate everybody's support over the years. And, um, I'm happy to put this one to bed and take it from me. Not again. See you guys in the next one. Oh.